Have you ever wondered how God could take your greatest pain and turn it into a ministry that impacts people around the country and yes, even worldwide? Today, we're going to talk about that with our guest today, Reggie George from Father Figure Apparel. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. You get to serve them. You can be a tenant. You're going to be paying somebody forever. If you do not niche down, you will never be successful. You're so busy just trying to catch everyone and never reaching the right one. Yeah. Um, the bottom line is, the truth of the matter is, we're not going to die happy because tattoo diabetes is like a thief. It brings in itself and then it opens I want to provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want you to, to receive a blessing from that. Embrace their calling. I believe God's blessing that stuff. God's blessing that stuff. Now here's your host, Kamon Hunt. All right, welcome back to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. Your host here, Kimon Hines. I'm super excited about this week. I'll uh, we get a chance to share with Reggie George. But before we do that, before I bring Reggie on and talk with Reggie, I want to just remind you to do a couple of things. First of all, make sure you're subscribing to this podcast. If you're someone who likes to watch your podcast, make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. So go to Monetize Your Ministry podcast on YouTube. And if you're someone you like to listen to your podcast, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Play. But we'd love for you, this is the one that I want to promote the most, if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave us a rating and a review because it helps more people to find the podcast. And the stuff we're talking about here, I just believe that more and more people need this message, this inspiration, and the game, the instruction we're going to give in this episode and other episodes. So do us a favor, share it subscribe, leave us a rating and review. All right, listen, today I'm super excited to have uh, our guest on today. We connected a while back through another friend, uh, Dr. Myron Edmonds. I just saw you uh, at the conference, and I'm, I'm excited to share with our audience today um, our guest, Reggie George. Reggie, welcome to the podcast, man. Good morning, man. I appreciate it, bro. I, 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 uh, I'm extremely honored to, to, to be a part of this deal, man. Me and you kind of talked briefly at the conference, man. So that's what really got me amped up to be here today, man. So I'm, I'm honored, bro. Yeah, no, you mentioned the conference. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago with uh, Dr. Myron, who was our main leader on that conference. And you were one of our speakers there. And I was so, I just want to say thank you. My daughter was there. She has um, a clothing business as well. And you were so gracious to share with her and just encourage us. So I just want to thank you for that and for what you poured into us as men at that conference. So thank you to you as we get ready to start this uh, interview today. Man, it was a pleasure, bro. And, and, and your daughter's doing big things, man. So it was a pleasure to even see her doing, um, actually putting her vision into motion, man. That says a lot about our young people. That's good, man. So listen, this this podcast is called Monetize Your Ministry. And a lot of times when people hear the word ministry, they think pastor up front preaching. They think, you know, someone leading in worship. But I just want to ask you, Reggie, what's your definition? When you hear the word ministry, what comes to mind for you? Uh, man, it's, it's, 
it, it's exactly what we did at the men's conference, man. Ministry doesn't mean pulpit. It doesn't mean pastoring. It doesn't mean it means whatever your gift is, man. That's what well, that's what God has given you to uh, allow you to minister to people, man. A lot of times, um, like you say, we put the word ministry in a box. And then if anything is outside of that box, man, we don't deem it a ministry, man. But um, I know firsthand that ministry is is a vague, vague description of what we're all gifted with outside of the pulpit. Yeah, that's so good. It's, you're right. It's, it's almost like ministry starts outside the pulpit. We usually think it ends inside the pulpit. That's the is the box we put it in. But it's all that other stuff that we use are gifts you mentioned. To serve others, so I love that. Um, well, I'm. Let me tell you one of the reasons I'm glad to have you on here because I've brought on other people to share, and yes, their background is they've studied and they've preached and and they've done those things. But Reggie, just tell our tell our listeners, our our, our viewers, tell us a little bit about your background in terms of career pursuits and what are some of the things you you've done in your work, the world of work. Uh, man, I'm a I'm a former athlete, man. Uh, what sport? I didn't I didn't I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, I played football for a long time, man. Nice. Um, but after that, man, it, it that kind of led me into entrepreneurship, man. And I was always a barber throughout junior high and high school and college, man. And uh, that's just the one thing that I was gifted at early on, as, uh, as well as sports. So uh, after football, man, I just turned it into a business, man. I've owned several uh, barbershops and salons, um, and I've been doing that, man, for 20-plus years, man. So that's really uh, where my entrepreneurship journey uh, began. Uh, and then that's what kind of really even spilled over into apparel a little bit. But um, that's, that's really career-wise my background. Nice. I love it. Listen, man, look. Uh, for a lot of men, going to the barbershop is church for men because that's where brothers go where they want to get the, this, the scoop on life, on politics, on relationships. It's right there in the barbershop, man. So that's that's a good spot. Come on. That's that's ministry, man. That's, yeah. That goes back to what we were just saying, man. A, a lot of times um, you, you're a therapist, you're a minister, you're a friend, you, yeah. you, you're a confidant. That That's a true ministry. Yeah, that's right. So, Reggie, one of the things um, I've had a chance to hear you share your story, and um, it's one that's very moving. And, um, you know, I don't want you to have to go too deep into it because I know for I can I can imagine as you share, it's always emotional for you. But there was something that happened to you and your family a few years ago that really it sounds like it just changed the trajectory of your life and your ministry. Just kind of share with us, you know, in whatever way you, you, you'd like to, just what, what happened and how it affected what you feel God has called you to do. Yeah, definitely, man. And, and what's, um, what's, a, what's a great transition is, is that the call that I got actually happened in one of my barbershops, man. I was there cleaning up. And uh, first of all, let's preface, man, I, I, I've been married for 22 years. Um, I have a set of, of 17 year old twins, Kennedy and Camden. And uh, on this particular day in 2019, my wife called me and said that my oldest twin, Kennedy, called her and said something had happened to Camden at school. Um, 
And really, you know, as a parent, man, you think in school is a safe place. So I'm not really taking the call as an emergency at that particular point. Um, so we hang up and then my wife calls me immediately back and says that uh, Kennedy said that Camden had been stabbed in the head um, with a pair of scissors by a 15-year-old little boy at school in the cafeteria. And man, um, you know, as a, as a father, you can imagine how crazy getting that call is, man. Like, first of all, this was this. It, it took me at least 30, 40 seconds to even like, hold on, what did you say? Like, she got stabbed at school. Um, but anyway, man, we we uh, we initially know then that this is that it's a major emergency, man. So I hop in my truck. Man, I'm furious, man, and I'm I'm headed to the school at the time, man. But luckily enough, I didn't I didn't have to stop at the school and see the boy, um, just because you know that would have been a whole nother story, man. But once we made it to the hospital, Camden made it to the hospital. At that point, we knew the damage was bad, man, because the doctor told us that the the scissors had punctured her skull and punctured her brain. Um, leaving blood clots on our brain. Um, and at that point, man, we have to care flight her to a uh, local children's hospital, man, where she um, underwent an, an emergency brain surgery, man, because there were actually three blood clots on her brain. And um, the neurosurgeon informed us that if, if he didn't go immediately, she, she would not make it. Um, we had to sit through an eight and a half hour brain surgery, man. My wife, my other daughter, our entire family, a lot of friends, man, that showed up by then. Um, but again, having to sit through an, an eight hour brain surgery, man, um, uh, knowing all I did was drop my daughter off at school that morning. Mm-hmm. Now we're in emergency brain surgery that night, man. Um, and just knowing that it happened at the hands of a of a 15 year old little boy, and of course we didn't know the details at the time. I just know, you know, he stabbed her in the cafeteria. Um, and after her surgery, man, which she, by the grace of God, man, she made it through her surgery. Um, but the doctor told us her brain was very beat up. It was very swollen, man. There was a lot of fluid, a lot of blood on her brain. And because of the blood clot, man, she uh, she suffered a massive stroke during surgery, and uh, that caused everything on the right side of her body to be completely paralyzed, man. I'm talking about that, you know, face kind of looking like it's off of her skull, and left her right eye and mouth, nothing was working, man. Um, But again, man, gracefully. Um, she was alive, and she was she was put in the ICU, man. And uh, we were told at that particular point, man, she was minute to minute, uh, which is probably the scariest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Is somebody to tell you that your daughter is minute to minute, uh, you know? Because at that point, you know, how do you eat or sleep or, you know, yeah. how do you do anything? Yeah. But. Um, In the ICU, uh, she started to get better, man. She started her, her vital signs and everything, you know, so she she wasn't really 
Um, after about day three, she wasn't really fighting for her life, but it was still an intensive, an intensive care deal. Um, and at that point, my wife and I had to start kind of veering off to the legal side of things and figure out what was going on with this young boy. Um, so we started showing up to uh, the juvenile hearings just to kind of get the details and the specifics on why it happened, what happened. Um, and for me, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what makes what makes a boy stab mm -hmm. a girl mm -hmm. in the head mm -hmm. with a pair of scissors. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and just like we, we spoke about at the conference, man, for me, I'm, I'm asking God, what's going to keep me from killing this little yeah, boy? Yeah, yeah. You know what? What the, the, the revengeful thoughts and the and the you know the just the the hate at the time that I had like like God, what is going to keep me from acting on this stuff? So as we started showing up to these hearings, man, and Camden is still in ICU. Um, they finally decided that they're going to charge him with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. But again, at once they knew she was going to live. And at these hearings, man, the question that I'm asking God, God is answering me while we're at the hearings because he's telling me, like, man, look down there at the board. Look at him and see what's going on. And, and man, I was, in, I was in denial. Like, God, I'm not looking down there, man. I'm, you know, I'm already trying to keep, keep my composure, man, and not act on these emotions. Um. And so the second time, Kimon, we show up, I hear God saying the same thing. Like, you need to look down there. You know, don't ask the question if you don't want to deal with my answer. Hmm. So as I started looking down there, man, I see clearly what's going on. Like, I only see mom and aunties and sisters. And I'm talking about zero male representation whatsoever. Like, I mean, the first maybe two weeks that we were in court, I never saw a male. And I'm, I'm, and I'm saying, like, outside of their lawyer, I never saw any men show up. Mm. And it immediately dawned on me, like, that's why you can't kill them. That's why you can't retaliate. That's why you can't seek revenge, because at that point, you become more of the problem then you are the solution. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Camden started to get better, man. You know, as the weeks went on, we were in rehab, man. And, and we just saw a miracle uh, in, in her restoration, you know. And for me, that's where the brand actually started because every time that we showed up, to court or every time I was in rehab, man, I just wanted something to um, identify with to let people know, like, man, my baby is represented from a father figure standpoint. I see what's going on. I see why it's going on. So, uh, man, my, my wife had just got this little cricket machine and the whole little setup. So I just asked her, like, put father on top of figure, like, you know, just two wow. words, like put father figure on top of each other. We'll start wearing it to court. I'll start wearing it to the rehab. And and come on, I'm talking about having zero idea that it would ever become a brand. It would ever become anything, yeah. man. But um, 
from the time that my dad and, and I and my uncles and man, by the time we started putting those deals on, bro, like everybody was like, man, let me get one of those shirts. So let me, where do I get one? How do I support? Yeah. Or Red, I want to put a father figure shirt on. And man, it it um it it truly um became uh and for me more than anything, it became a vehicle to really express how how I felt as a father and a father figure. But it also became a vehicle to identify what um, God has shown me about this boy as well, man. Yeah. Yo, Reggie, is, by the way, I'm wearing one of your shirts here. You, you gifted yeah, us. Yeah, I, I see the black and red. <laughs> yes, sir. You gifted us at the conference. Yeah. Uh, but you, you said something, some, some very interesting things. Um, one of the things I remember you saying it on the um, podcast with Myron and at the conference is at – the, the hospital at a, at a critical time and at the courtroom at a very critical time, there was a hand that was placed on your shoulder. Um, and there was someone who spoke into your life at both places. And, and I don't know if you want to just share a little bit on that. And I, then I want us to pivot to talk about the brand and the message and the ministry of Father Figure Apparel. Of course, man. Um, father Figure, the term actually started, you know, Man, when I was two years old, man, the hand that you're speaking of um, outside of God, man, is is my father, uh, who is not my biological father, man, who is not my birth father, but he is my father. Um, like I said, there, there, there's one instance at the hospital, man, when I heard the neurosurgeon give his report, his initial report after surgery. Uh, it's probably the information I took the hardest, man. So I kind of stepped outside and, and, and man, I kind of fell to the, to the floor, not understanding what was going on, not understanding if, if my baby was going to live or not. And, uh, I just remember my dad coming and, and, and picking me up and, and man, he, he, he tells me immediately, like, man, I heard everything that that, that, that doctor just said. Um, but what I did not hear is him tell us that our baby is gone. So now we put ourselves together, man, pick yourself up and let's go fight. Let's go. Let's go win this thing. Yeah. And uh, those are those are those are well, that's one of the instances, man, that uh, really empowered me as a father and a father figure is is to get that affirmation and to get that encouragement uh, from my father. And, and then, man, uh, also, like you said, in the courtroom, man, 100%, I know that my father could feel, man, having to watch on a on camera, man, having to watch your daughter get stabbed in the cafeteria um, is it, definitely, man, the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were instances when my dad came you know, the very first time we had to watch it, man, he, he kind of tapped me and like, man, let's go outside. We're not going to watch that. You know, uh, because he understood the anger and the uh, and the emotions that we were all dealing with. But in order to keep me um, in the place where I needed to be, he knew I couldn't watch it at that particular time. man. so now those are those are definitely instances that embodied the father figure movement, father figure apparel, because, um, you know, come on, a lot of times we think biological and, and blood and like, man, look, 
I was adopted when I was two years old and blood could not bring me and my father any closer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so, man, Reggie, I mean, this is such a powerful thing. And as I listen to you talk, I just want to affirm you and then speak to someone who is watching this. God gave you this as a ministry. And you went through a very difficult time, one that no parent should ever have to go through. But it's so amazing that God redeems even the difficult parts of our life story and then turns it into purpose for us, right? Turns it into a way that now you are reaching people and encouraging men who are fathers and men who are father figures to step up into what God has called us to be for not just our biological kids, but for the village that we have, right? And so, you know, sometimes we we see our hardships and we see our difficulties and we don't recognize just how much God is wanting to use that for a ministry that will help people that we've never even met. Now, 100 percent, Kimon, like like ministry does not necessarily come from uh, a comfortable space or or, you know, that. It, it, it doesn't come from the, the you know, the, the glitz and glamour type gifts. Sometimes your, your gifts are, are through the storm or um, like Miles Monroe, man. I, I quote Miles Monroe every, every day if I do it, man. He says, adversity introduces a man to himself. And, and sometimes our ministries are through and on the other side of adversity. Um, and that's how... For me, I recognized what my ministry was, even though I was already in it again, the barbershops and even my relationship with my father, man. And there was a lot of cats that I grew up with who who couldn't imagine him not being my biological father. Man, I remember telling my friends when we got old, like, hold on, man, that's not your that's not your dad, dad. Like and 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 you know, because that's because they they've never seen my, my father not be at football games and not be at basketball games and not be at my girl's events and not be at my wife's events or, you know, nobody can imagine him not being my biological father, man. But again, my ministry is about not just fathers biologically. It's about father figures. Even with this young man, anybody could have stepped up and told him like, man, look, we don't approach young women like that. We don't physically we, 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 we can't even think to physically, even if you have a verbal confrontation or if you, if you have words with a young lady, we don't physically approach them at all. That doesn't take biological father to say that, man. It's, it's all of our responsibility to pour into the young kids that we have dominion over. That's good. That's good. So, Reggie, one of the things we encourage people is we say you can monetize that ministry, right? Because there's a message in, in your ministry. There's yep. a message that you just shared here. But God has allowed you an opportunity to, to put it on a shirt. And that's one of the things we say. That's actually one of the things I said in an episode a few episodes ago, that merch, you take your message and you put it on merch. People wear it, and it allows the, allows the, mess, the ministry to get to places you can't go. Talk to us about just some of the... If someone else is out there considering monetizing through merch or clothing or whatever, what are some, just a few lessons you could share with them that you've learned in the process? Man, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is to um, lay aside the guilt and the shame for monetize, for monetizing 
um, your message. For me, man, a lot of times, until I actually put the brand into a brand space, I almost felt guilty about monetizing my our message. You know, it's because it was almost like capitalizing off of um, capitalizing off of a, a tragedy, right? But what I love about this ministry and this podcast is is that it's it's actually perfect, perfectly worded when it says monetize your ministry, because that's part of God's provision. You know, God is not going to give you a ministry that he is not going to cover you with provision. And a lot of times that's monetary. You, Everybody who, who has ever monetized merch or monetized the message or monetized the gift, that's part of God's provision for you. So one of the biggest lessons that I had to get, get over, one of the biggest hurdles I had to jump is is not having the guilt mm-hmm. of monetizing the message. Yeah. Um, and then then I think an even a bigger message came on is to um, completely do away with procrastination. Man, I procrastinated um, to the tenth power when it came to really putting putting the vision behind the message and 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 saying you know what i have to go and get the llcs and i have to go and get the all the paperwork done and i have to go get you know if i want a trademark if i want to uh you know with with logos and see those are the type of things that that a lot of times we don't associate with ministry ministry and business also have to you know, that it has to be a marriage there. It has to be a marriage there because in order to monetize anything, um, it has to be legitimate. And God God never is going to give you a ministry or a message um, that allows somebody to legally come and take that thing or legally tell you to shut it down or legally tell you, like, look, you can't give your message to the world, man. And I think that's one of the things that stops people is we don't put the business behind the message. We procrastinate about that, especially if you know you have something, man, that that thing will turn into a a million dollar or a billion dollar business. And you don't want to wait too late to have all your affairs in order. That's good, Reggie. I mean, you just talked about putting like the wisdom God gives us doesn't mean that, I mean, God gives us the wisdom so we can put our stuff in order, put the yep. business, the right structure in place. And, and it's so, I'm so glad that you did it because God has definitely enlarged your territory from just putting father figure on a shirt to now um, Deion Sanders. I've, I've seen Deion Sanders and I'm sure there are other celebrities that wears. How, and I'm sure this is one person's question. How did you get Deion Sanders to wear prime time? How did you get him to wear father figure apparel? And that guy, and, he goes, and, he rocks with it. He goes hard with it too. Hey, and and Kimon, that's that's the ministry, man. Like there there are probably ten platforms that I've been on, and everybody asks the same question. Like, man, how did you get Prime to like 
Like, man, it's truly the message, man. I had absolutely nothing to do with that personally up front. Like, the message, you know, just father figure or be present, not perfect. Like, be present, not perfect is the mantra of the of the, the apparel and the movement. And, uh, man, I just got tagged from people outside. Like, man, you see Dion, he, he, he reposting your stuff. or And, and he actually placed orders and once he got the orders man he did it on, on uh, by himself set up cameras you know like Dion does and and actually just a hundred percent endorsed the the apparel and and initially I had nothing to do with that it was purely the message it was purely purely the ministry and and man it, it just uh those are ways that that God gives you the confirmation that look, man, you you are being obedient. Yeah, our guest today is Reggie George with Father Figure Apparel. And Reggie, as you share that, it just tells someone sometimes we are so hesitant to start. Yep. Think about this. We have great messages. You said be present, not perfect. Think about how many fathers and father figures need that message. And for a lot of us, we sometimes sit on the thing that we have because we want to get to the step that you mentioned, right? Prime time or some celebrity wearing it. And if you never put out the first shirt, if you never started wearing it, if you never took the first step, you could never get to that step. And I just want to encourage someone, like, you can't wait to figure out all of the pieces before you put the first piece in place. It's like a domino set. Once you put the first one, it hits the rest of the dominoes. I don't know if you want to speak to someone, Reggie. Maybe God has given them a, a merch line or some product or some way to take the powerful message of their ministry and put it out there. But they're so worried about step number 200. What would you say to that person? Man, keep, keep on. I, I think you just spoke right to it, man. Like the, 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 the first step is to start. Mm -hmm. Like, man, to even imagine where we are now. Like if I if I showed you one of our first concepts and first shirts, the ones that I'm talking about, we wore to the court, man, I would never put those on the site right now. <laughs> there's, there's nothing about the concepts, the designs, the, the nothing about them, but um, it was a download that was given to me. And, and a lot of times acting on the download, acting, acting on the vision, acting, acting on the message is, is what knocks it out the park even before even before you ever get to any kind of influencer exposure or, or you know social media following anything it's just about saying i have an idea and i'm going to act on this idea and especially if you know that it's a god-given vision yeah. if you know that it's a, it's a ministry it's a potential ministry like you cannot sit on that thing. You cannot sit on it. I think we talked about it a little bit at the, at the at the conference, man. Is sometimes we think that those ideas and those downloads, um, our ego makes us think like, oh, that's my that's my vision, that's my download. It, yeah, but it also has a it, it it has a expiration date. See, that's. That's something that God wants to put out in the world. He wants to be a ministry. He wants to uh, affect the kingdom. And if you don't act on it, once that thing expires, it goes on to the next person. 
Yeah, I love that. And what happens six months from now, you see your idea out in the earth and you're like, oh man, I should have. Like, yeah, yeah that, that, that lets you know that your vision expired. Yeah, yeah. And God moved on to someone else because he had to 100%. get that message out. He had to get that ministry out there into the world. 100%. Now, Reggie, some people may be wondering that we kind of left them on a cliffhanger. Camden, um, tell us a little bit about how Camden is now. I saw some pictures at the conference, but somebody just just let them know about the power of God and what he's doing amazingly in her life and in your family's life. Yeah, man, that's that's a um, that's a miracle beyond what my faith was, um, man. For her to go through two major brain surgeries, a massive stroke, um, being bedridden wheelchair bound she's had braces on her legs and helmets on her head man um and also not to discount kennedy psychologically man when you have a set of twins what camden went through physically kennedy went through twice as much mentally and spiritually um but today uh man they are thriving like when i when i say the, the restoration um, is, is beyond miraculous, man. Uh, and we always, me and my wife always use, you know, we send her back to the manufacturer, man. And, you know, if you get a luxury vehicle, you go get a, a Mercedes or a Lambo or like, man, you don't just take it to any, any shop. Mm-hmm. Like, man, when you give that thing back to the manufacturer, you're expecting it as good as new when you get it back, man. And, uh, that's a hundred percent where we are, you know, like, like sometimes I still, you know, she's back to playing ball, man. She's back to competing at a high level. Um, sometimes, man, I sit in the stands, man, and I have to kind of separate myself because I get so emotional because of that restoration. Like, man, just to see how strong her legs are, how coordinated she is, man, how, how much balance she has right now, man, like, it is beyond miraculous, but that's also one of the messages that I received during during her time in the ICU as well, man, about the ministry, about, you know, what what I needed to give to the earth. Is is God told me early on, early on, man, this thing is about you. This thing is about what I need you to do. Um, I'm I'm a hundred percent gonna give your baby back. But in order for you to get the message, in order for you to get the ministry that I have for you, I have to use your baby to get your attention. Um, because for me, man, um, I was in a place where I had been so successful in sports and business and in my marriage. And I got very egotistical about where I was in life, man. So um, I know for a fact it took my baby um, in order to get my attention about not only being a provider, but being provided for. Wow. You know, like like a lot of times we get to a space where I, I take care of the business and I take care of the family and I take care of the wife, but we forget that we're also being taken care of in the process. And so um, that's one of the messages that, that's part of the ministry as well. Oh, wow. I love that. God, you were you were not just the provider, but God, you were being provided for. And it sounds like God was shaping you in the process of this, shaping the ministry that you have 
And the question I have for you now, Reggie, is what's next for Father Figure? I know you got the merch. I know you have the podcast. Um, what, what's next? I mean, I'm, you're speaking now. What, what are some of the things that are coming out of this ministry that you feel like uh, are now? And then what's next? Man, definitely. Uh, we, we want to get more into the mentorship space. Um, of course, man, um, there, there has to be a, a father figure summit or a father figure conference, man, yeah. that we want, that we want to do, um, annually, or, you know, we, we even want to, you know, travel with it because there's so many spots. I don't care whether it's the school system. I don't care whether it's the inner cities. I don't care whether it's just communities as a whole, man, that we want the message of father figures to resonate throughout the globe man. because because a lot of times again and i was guilty of it where i focused solely on my children when it came to what messages and and even though i coach and even though sometimes we we get reluctant to really give them the life lessons that they need but one thing that our incident made me more aware of is that we don't know the living conditions of a lot of the kids that we're around. We don't know the messages that they may not be receiving, man. So we just want to um, turn not only the brand, but turn the the the, uh, the conferences, turn the mentorship part of uh, Father Figure the movement into a into into a global message, man. To where we understand we all have dominion over a number of young people. Um, and, and we even seeing it now with 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 the John Moran yeah. deal, and man, it's 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 all of our job to really give them the messages when they're when they're in our space and in our dominion. We are we're all father figures, man. So so, uh, Simon, that's that's really you know a long term goal, man. But that's what we're really we're really headed. I love it, and, and I'm gonna, I'm going to reiterate something I've said on a few episodes. Because you've monetized this, right? Not that you're trying to make money off of a bad situation, but God gave this to you. And because God literally opened the door for you just putting this on a shirt to get it out there, now it's opened the door for you to do more of that ministry. We think it's going to do less if we monetize. Now you're going to be able to do conferences, go into schools, and reach and impact more and deeper levels of young people. So Reggie, Hats off to you and Father Figure Apparel. Tell people where they can find your website and um, how they can follow you and stuff so they can support and get these shirts. I got one here. Uh, I love this one because I have two girls, and I love the one you have one. Thank God for Father Figures. Tell, tell people where God. they can find your stuff. Yeah, man. Um, definitely. It's, um, and this podcast right on time for Father Day, too. Keep yeah. Um, the, the site is is f2apparel.store. Um, our Instagram is at Father Figure Apparel on IG. Um, and then the Father Figure Movement, just fatherfigurmovement.com is the, is the website. Um, and, and you can find, that's about the, uh, the conferences and, and, and the mentorship. Um, but those are the main three entities uh, for the movement. Yeah, love it. Listen, Reggie, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Man, every time I hear you, you inspire me. You inspire me, and I know you've inspired our listeners today. 
somebody's been sitting on an idea, someone's been sitting on something God gave you. And what you just what you've just said to us is just making the first step, just sharing it in a simple way. God will do more things than you can imagine with that ministry. So Reggie, thank you so much, my friend. Simone, I appreciate it, man. Again, it was a, it was an honor and a pleasure, brother. Listen, if you've enjoyed this podcast, why not share it? Uh, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Subscribe on whatever plot podcasting platform you're on. And leave us a review, but share it because somebody else needs this inspiration so they can increase their income and their impact. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.